Free Trail fam, welcome to the show. I'm Dylan Bowman. Always love and appreciate having you here. And today we're joined by David Kilgore, the running renaissance man from New York City, the Big Apple. I have been following David from afar on Instagram for a long time now, always with a curious intrigue about who he is and what he's up to. He seems to just have so much going on and he seems to be having so much fun doing all these various things. So I felt it would be great to have him on the show and hear all about it. For those unfamiliar with David, you must go follow him on Instagram where his energy and personality are on full display. But in a nutshell, he's a pro athlete for on running. He also manages the trail category in sports marketing for on running. He has his own new lifestyle brand called Forest and he's involved in a lot of different racing events, including a new upstart 50 miler called the Hudson River 50, which he's hoping to grow into a destination competitive fall race on the East Coast, something I think the sport desperately needs. So we talk about all that stuff in this conversation. And I think David really is a great example as to how to piece together an awesome living within the sport and have a great impact on the community in doing so. As you know, the Free Trail Podcast is presented by Speedland. If you guys haven't checked out these amazing shoes yet, I urge you to do so. The SLHSV is shipping from Portland right now. And like the SLPDX, they've been produced in minimal quantities. And once they're gone, they disappear from the face of the earth entirely. So in addition to being the most high quality trail shoes ever made, they're also collector's items. So go get a pair while supplies last. Visit runspeedland.com, tell them free trail sent you. Also another quick plug, a quick call to action before we get to the show. This Sunday is the Wings for Life race happening all over the world simultaneously. This race has been around for a long time now and has single-handedly created breakthroughs for spinal cord injury research and spinal cord injury therapies. I've been part of the event for the last six or seven years, and really it has become one of the highlights of my year every year. The run starts at 4 a.m. Pacific time this Sunday, May 8th. I'll be doing an event in San Francisco. I'll put a link in the show notes in case You guys are in the area and want to join, but you can do it from wherever you're at. Challenge yourself. Be part of this great cause. Go run for those who can't. You can find more info at the link in the show notes or just Google Wings for Life World Run. Be part of this difference-making event. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Hope you enjoy the show. David Kilgore, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. No, thank you, my man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Super stoked. Yeah. So, you know, we have so much to talk about. I've been a passive observer of you for a little while. You have your hands in so many different things on the brand side, at on running, on the event side, as an athlete yourself. And uh, you seem to have carved a great path for yourself as an athlete, as an entrepreneur, as a uh, employee within the running space. And it seems like you're a running lifer. So I feel like we have a lot of interesting stuff to touch on. But first, let's uh, let's talk about the speed project. Because when I first sent you this email saying, hey, let's do a podcast, you're like, yeah, cool, but let's do it in a few weeks because I'm about to go do this solo traverse through the desert. And from <laughs> what I understand, it wasn't your first time doing it. So uh, so maybe introduce the speed project and and tell the story of what happened this year. Yeah, man. So the, the speed project is like, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a beast of its own. So it's an unsanctioned relay race. Uh, also now they have a solo option, which started the last year in 2021. Um, but it's about a 300 to 340 mile trek across uh, the desert from LA, the Santa Monica pier to the welcome to Las Vegas sign. The cool part about it though, is it's kind of like more in the, I feel like it's like a pick your own adventure kind of race where there's no set, uh, set course. Uh, you're just not allowed to run on the highway because that's illegal uh, and you get picked up by like cops and stuff. Uh, and that's never fun. But it's you pick any kind of course and however fast you can get from L.A. to, to Vegas, that's uh, you win. So kind of like the skew of like miles is about like 50 miles difference. If you go like the shortest way to the longest way. 
And so in the shortest way is like a little bit more rough and tumble, like off the beaten path type thing. I mean, I'm curious about the strategy of the whole thing, because there's, like you mentioned, it's usually a team event. You tried to tackle it solo this year. You tackled it solo, I think last year, right? So maybe, yeah, talk about like the strategy behind picking the route and the uh, strategy that you employed as a solo person out there. Yeah, man. So back in, uh, when was it? 2018, I believe I was on a, I was on a relay team and one of our guys, a uh, really great runner, really great guy. His name's Peter Bromka. He actually ended up getting like really sick and, uh, getting like escorted to the emergency room, which is like, yeah, never, never a good day yeah. for, for anybody. And so the, the whole concept of the speed project is always like no rules to kind of pick your own route. But for the longest time, as long as the speed project existed, everyone was kind of like following the guidebook that they give out. And it follows this 340 mile route that goes straight through death Valley. So then kind of the following year, I feel like Bromka uh, really had it like, you know, in him, he was like, he's like, you know, this, this race chewed me up and spit me out. And he kind of like, I feel like forged and like trailblazed this like whole new era of the speed project where he found these like power line roads that kind of like cut through the desert. And it was like off the beaten path uh, where you have to use like walkie talkies. You have like no service. Uh, and it basically cut off like 40 to 50 miles, depending on where you go. So now everybody's kind of diving down this road to find the shortest possible route and <laughs> taking all these like wacky, wacky routes. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting every year. So you did it solo, dude. That's crazy. 300 plus miles. Uh, I know you completed it once. Tell the story, maybe give uh, the quick versions of both the story of you completing it and then what happened this year because it sounded like halfway through or so your your body kind of fell apart. Yeah, man. So probably like, when was that? Like, I would say like probably three years ago or so. Uh, it was right after I did the relay, people started hitting me up. I was starting to I feel like dabble a little bit more in like longer the longer ultra realm in general. And, uh, people were like, Hey, would you do this race? And I was like, there's no way I'm doing like a 300 mile race, man. Like count, <laughs> count me out. And so actually, as I, I guess I progressed and my like running and like longer distance, like stuff kept popping up. Uh, they hit me up pretty much like, I think like two months outside of it last year. And they're like, Hey, would you be into this? And I was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Like, let's go do it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so kind of like jumped right into it last year. And I was, I was pretty excited about it, man, just because I hadn't, I hadn't been back since the relay that the race is always like very, very special. It's, it's just like such a cool culmination of people in this, like, like I've heard, field. I've heard it's a really fun vibe, especially cause you kind of finish on the strip in Las Vegas and you can actually properly celebrate the expedition and the effort that it took to get there. I think they sort of have like a raging after party, don't they? A hundred percent, man. Yeah. It's like the, I feel like the perfect culmination. You like get to go out into this like beautiful, like landscape, get to put in a really hard, like endurance effort, but then you're like in Vegas afterwards. And it's just like with a bunch of close friends. So it's just always such a, it's a great party. All That's around. My, my type of event. I might have to go down yeah. to it next year though. I will definitely not do it solo. Anyway, pick up where I cut you off there. Yeah, man. hundred percent. And so basically, uh, I, yeah, trekked through the desert kind of like made my own route. It was about 300 miles last year, kind of makeshifted different, different ways. I'm kind of like a pretty, I don't know, like fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy anyway. So that was kind of my plan going into it, uh, was of, of course I have the, have the, I guess like the base under me of like doing these like long endurance events, but also I was like, Hey, I've never done anything this far. And I think the best, like, I don't know, peace of mind is be like, I'm just going to like, you know, go until like, I need to stop and kind of like really gauge my body on each day of the, of the journey. And that's what I did. And I think it was really good, especially last year. Cause it was like, I think it reached up towards like 115, 120 degrees on the last few days that I was out there. So it was, a uh, it was definitely a doozy, my man, um, finished, <laughs> finished last year in, uh, about, about four days, um, at the, at the Las Vegas strip. Uh, but I feel like I was turning into like a Mad Max character out there. My yeah. hair was just like fried out. I was like super sunburned. I've seen some yeah. of those pictures. It like, like <laughs> a vision quest. So what happened this year? It felt like you went back to try and go a little bit faster and maybe better conditions and things sort of fell apart halfway through. What happened? Yeah, man. So I think if I, if I ever have anything going for me in life, usually I feel like it's, uh, I, I definitely like take this, uh, take this as like a, a badge of honor, but I feel like I can use like run through a brick wall and I don't ever get hurt, which is very, very fortunate for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this year I, I was, uh, kind of just like clicking along. I was, I was 
rallying, like nailing a bunch of miles. Like the first day I, I ran about 105 miles, uh, through, yeah, through the first day. And I think I closed basically by the time I was stopping, like it was like a day and a half. And, uh, I was like close to like halfway through the course, like 150 miles or so 145. Um, but as I was a progressing man, uh, basically my, my lower, like near my Achilles and stuff were becoming like so fat. My whole foot just like looked like a log. Uh, And it was just like really, really bothering me. I basically have these like really gnarly, uh, you know, like Haglins. It's basically bone spurs on the back of your heels. heels. Yep. Yeah. So I get those or have those. And every now and then just kind of like, I feel like they like flare up and I don't know, like it was just like really, really bothering me. And to the point I was just kind of like hobbling around for a while. Yeah. And, uh, then I started just getting like these like fat lumps on my shins and everything just started to continue to decline. And I was like, I'm halfway through this thing. I know what's ahead of me. And I don't think I'm in a, I don't think I'm in a good spot to, yeah. uh, to finish this out. I don't think limping 150 miles would have been the intelligent thing to do, but it sounds like your crew sort of tagged in and you guys ultimately made your way to the strip and, you know, finished the effort. Right. So it went from being a solo effort to a team effort. Talk about that. Yeah, man. So that was the, I think that was the the coolest part about the the whole thing is, yeah, I, uh, I, you know, like I, I dropped out basically like halfway through this, this crazy race and basically half of my team, I feel like, are, like some of them like have never like really run in their life. Uh, <laughs> so it was like such a like epic journey, man. of just like watching and like helping like crew them afterwards and just like driving through the desert and watching them pick up different legs. Um, and like, really like let them like go through the experience too. So it was like such a cool thing because I don't know, like going through, like, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you can attest to it too. Just doing a lot of these long races that everyone's like, wow, like that's like such a crazy thing that you did. And I mean, it definitely is, but it's like, you cannot do it without like your team and your crew. Yeah. And I feel like this is just like such like an epitome and like shows that so much of like how important the crew is and like what they can do. Well, that's awesome. I hope you guys had a great after party. And when it was all said and done there on the strip. So oh, uh, it's unreal. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, so I want to get into your personal history a little bit, because this is really our first time ever chatting. Like I said, this is, um, or I've been kind of a passive observer of your career over the last few years, just through Instagram and stuff. And I know you're from Florida and you live in New York City. So maybe give us the two minute version of your life story and your history with running. Dude, I got you. I got you. Give me the, give me the spark notes. Um, so I am, I got, I got the tattoo to prove it, man. I'm from Palm Bay, Florida. Palm Bay. Represent. <laughs> like true, true, true Florida man fashion. Um, and yes, yeah, so I grew up in Palm Bay. Dude got super, super lucky. Uh, my dad basically was like getting like really like swollen buff in the gym. And, uh, every now and then I was like going to the gym with him and I was like picking up, picking up running a little bit, just to pass the time. And I got kind of like discovered on a treadmill. Someone like saw me running and, uh, had no idea. Like, I don't know, anyone did any of this kind of stuff, like even cross country track. And basically she introduced me to to my high school coach. who's like a really great coach in the state of Florida and kind of brought me up and, um, you know, got, got all the accolades and had a great time doing it and all that stuff. Got to go to some like really nice colleges for, for running. And then afterwards, I mean, I've always just been a really like outdoorsy guy and, um, didn't realize either. I kind of always joke with everybody that I didn't realize there was short distance trail races. Um, so I jumped into ultra trail races at first and I was like, I guess I'm too far gone. This is like where I'm stuck now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, man, just kind of like ever since then, just been in the, the trail, like in the ultra world. And I just, you know, love every minute of it, kind of like dabble back and forth, um, between just kind of living in New York city, like you said, yeah. uh, between like road racing, um, but mostly like try to try to stay on the trails. Cause that's, I feel like, uh, that's where the fun is. So how do you end up in New York city and what's the like trail culture there in the city and, and how are you able to do your training in such an urban environment? Yeah, man, it's it's definitely interesting and fun. But uh, how I got to New York City uh, in the first place was actually uh, through my girlfriend. Uh, I uh, I met my girlfriend Molly uh, one one other time briefly in passing, and I was actually kind of like dirt bagging around, just like living out of my car at, right after uh, right after college. Yeah, and I randomly got a job to shoot like the Boston Marathon like start line through Marathon Photo with like a camera. 
And I was like cruising up uh, through like New York City. And I was like, yeah, sleeping in my car. And basically I hit up a group of people that I met once in, in New England at this camp and Molly being one of them. And she's like, hey, I actually don't live in New England anymore. I live in uh, New York City. Um, and I was like, no way. I was like, I'm like driving through New York City right now. And uh, basically I was like, terrible line. I was like, hey, I'm not a creep. I was like, but uh, I was like, can I crash near your couch? I was like, I've never really been in like a huge city like this before. <laughs> And I don't want to like sleep on the sidewalk. And you've been in love uh, ever since, I hope. Is that the story? <laughs> it is, man. And I moved, I slept over at her place on the couch and I've been living there ever since. So there, so we've been together ever since. So <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a great story. So what's, I, I hear all about these like urban run crews and I'm sure running culture is interesting in New York city. Obviously everybody knows about central park and stuff, but yeah, paint the picture. What's it like to be sort of like a high level runner living in such an urban environment, especially somebody who likes the trail side of things. Yeah, man. I mean, I, uh, I think I'm, I'm a little biased, but I would say like New York city, it's just like, it's probably gotta be like one of the most unique, like running scenes, like in the whole world. It's, I feel like it's the epitome of what New York city is just like as a melting pot, Yeah, but yeah. there's everything under the sun that you can imagine. Like you said, there's like like tens and like probably like 50 plus like run crews like within the city and it's people that just like want to go out and like have fun people that like are into running that have no idea that like there's like professional track and field or like road running or uh ultra on ultra running there's people that like want to go out and grab a drink there's like groups of like professional like uh like african runners that come in and just like stay there for a handful of months and come around like 27 and a half minute 10Ks like on the road. There's like a uh, sub elite culture, there's trail runners. It's like everything like under the sun. And it's like really, really cool. Like eclectic of people that are out there, like, uh, you know, just kind of like doing this all together. So I feel like it's like pick your own poison, man. Like anything that you want to do in New York city running wise, is kind of there. Do you ever feel like it holds you back? Especially if you're like trying to train for a long trail race, living in a place where you can't specialize at all for something like that. Yeah. Every now and then I definitely do. Uh, it's definitely pretty hard. Like last year I went out to, to Leadville and luckily I was able to spend like two and a half weeks out there. Yeah. Uh, but still probably I would love to spend a little bit more time before running a race. That's basically almost like over 10,000 feet the whole time. So yeah. there's certain, definitely certain like specifications like that, that it's like hard to, I feel like, um, like compete sometimes, like, you know, just like high altitude, like certain types of mountains, just because there is like hills, especially where I live. I live up uptown, like in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit more hilly. And I kind of always like do these, like, I feel like little adventure runs through Still, the city. I mean, parts. hilly I mean, doesn't properly, you know, articulate kind of like what you're, I mean, you, you can't prepare for something like Leadville from the Bronx. Right. I mean, <laughs> no, yeah. no. even, even if you do have a few, like, it's like the bridges are the things that are hilly in the Bronx, right? I mean, there's not much more than that. Yeah, for, for the most part, man. And yeah, that's, it's, yeah, hitting, hitting those high altitudes, like coming from, from New York City, it's definitely always a challenge. But I don't know, I feel like it's like a give and take with some things too, just because kind of like you're saying, it is, it is definitely hard to, I would say, like specify and focus on certain, certain avenues. But uh, I definitely kind of like love the, I feel like, like you said, I'm just like, I have my hands in a lot of different pots. Yeah. So I feel like I love to be just like a, I'm like a stimulated person. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like that's like part of the fun for me, just kind of like jumping around to like different groups and uh, yeah. partaking and all these different things. Yeah. And you're never lacking stimulation in New York City, that's for sure. So yeah. <laughs> well, let's start going into some of that stuff, some of the pots that you have your hands in. But first, did you see this thread that Peter Bromka wrote about you on Twitter last week? Cause it sort of aligned perfectly with, you know, what I wanted to talk to you about and my reason for sort of inviting you on the podcast several weeks ago. And, uh, you mentioned Peter's name a second ago in our conversation around the speed project. Did you, did you happen to catch his little Twitter thread about you? Dude, I did actually a handful of, uh, I actually don't spend too much time on Twitter. So, uh, thankfully a handful of people that I know shot me, <laughs> shot me a thread and like, dude, and I was like, I, I talked to Brom Castro. It's just like, dude, you're like gas me up. That was like the nicest thing ever. Yeah. Thanks so much. You know? Yeah, no, it's, it's great. And it's, I mean, I totally agree with him in the fact that, I mean, basically the argument that he's making is that if he worked for a brand effectively and could sponsor one person that you would be the person that he would choose just based on the mix between performance and community engagement and storytelling. And I think, you know, in this age of being a professional athlete where you really do need to straddle all those different worlds or have 
a lot of different skills and a lot of different interests that you do represent sort of this new 21st century professional athlete um, sort of persona. And uh, I think it's obviously something that's led to you being really successful across a lot of different things. So let's start by talking about, you know, what you do on the brand side of things. You work at On Running, you have for a little while, and I feel like you probably has have a unique perch from that perspective, not only as an athlete for on, but now, um, you know, working for them as sort of the sports marketing guy on the trail side. So how'd you, uh, let's start by talking about like how you got your start with on, like, how'd you get connected with the brand and, uh, what's your experience been with them? Yeah, man. So, uh, kind of, uh, I'll start, I was kind of start from square one, basically when I first got out of school and college and all that stuff. And I was kind of like just cruising around, I really just kind of wanted to take a little bit of a hiatus from, from running overall. I feel like I was just like, kind of like in the field for, for so long and very just like dialed in everything that I was doing. So I took a little bit of a break and a little bit of a hiatus, I think probably for like six to eight months. So nothing like too crazy long, but it was like a nice, like little refresh and just kind of in my mind, I was like, you know, what? like, I don't, I don't want to run like for a little while. And I also just kind of like, don't want to work in running for a little while. So I actually worked like a, a fair amount of like odd jobs, which was like fun and cool and gave me some experience. And then I got looped in more into like the, just kind of like a randomly off the cuff kind of thing too. But I got looped into to working in the cinematography field. field. So I was, uh, I was working on like really big, like motion pictures, like in New York city and Boston um, for a few years and kind of like, as it progressed, I began to like pick up running more and more and like all in any of the free time that I had, I was like volunteering to do stuff like in the running realm, doing stuff for different brands. Um, and I was like, you know what? Like, I just like, I, I love this again. Like, uh, I was like, I don't know why I ever kind of like got out of it. I, I want to like refocus and kind of like get back into it. And, uh, when I was doing that, that's kind of like when this, uh, a tech rep job opened, it was like tech and sales, uh, for, for on, in like New York city, New Jersey and, uh, Philadelphia area. And so kind of like put my hat in the ring there. And I was like picking up my own running kind of like at the same time. And I feel like ever since then, and that was almost four years ago that it's kind of like a, been a, like a parallel trajectory of like kind of the things that I've been doing. And, um, and yeah, man, I think that's like, just like the cool part. I, I feel like I have like a, like a deep passion, uh, I guess like being a part of the brand side and kind of like, I guess like being part of the athletic end as well. Yeah. And that's just because I was like, you know, like, I, I feel like, and not, not to like say that's like a fault of on or any other company, but I'm just like, Oh, like, I think there's like different pieces missing from like an athlete's like point of view that like brands aren't hitting. And I think this is going to be like a really cool part that I can like come in and share with all these different, like higher up individuals. And then hopefully I can continue to almost like, you know, make a path that's like making things better for athletes and making things better for brands as well that are kind of like, you know, like this like perfect trajectory to, to what it is. But, uh, so that's kind of, I guess, been my path so far. And I've continued, I guess, to get promoted at on and also kind of like moving up through the rankings, like in like trail running and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We have kind of a running subject on the podcast about kind of this new era in athlete brand relationships where people like yourself and like David Laney and Claire Gallagher and stuff are not only athletes for the brands, but are now working for brands and using their intellectual skills in addition to their athletic skills to deliver value. And I actually am curious about, since you've been with the brand for a little while, I'd be curious to hear what it's been like to be on the inside through this period of exponential growth. I think on is kind of like the fastest growing brand in the performance and running space right now. How's the experience been in the transformation from this sort of smaller private Swiss brand to now this global publicly traded company? Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been super crazy as you could imagine, my man. Uh, when, when I first started, uh, so many people didn't even know like what, what on was. And I think I think technically I was like, it's either the first 200. I was like the first 250 employees globally. Wow. wow. How many, uh, how many are globally at the, at the company now? So I think there's like, uh, I can't, we're growing so like fast. I think there's at least like over like 2,500. Wow. Um, globally. And so man, yeah, it's, it's, it's been pretty, pretty crazy. Like, again, like people didn't really even know what the, what the brand was and like certain avenues and, 
even kind of like when I was like coming around, I feel like uh, I wasn't like, I guess, like begging people to try on the shoes or do stuff with the shoes, but it was like definitely like a harder pull. And I was like, kind of like pulling in more of like relationships that I had like in the industry and like within like the the different markets that, that I was in. And then kind of fast forward even to uh, probably like two, two years into the role, people were just kind of like starting to be like, Hey, like reach out to me be like, Hey, like we really want to do this with like on, uh, you can see like the traction start picking up with like name representation. I feel like until now and then this year has been like, just like very, very like crazy. I feel like we're just completely like blowing up. Uh, it's been incredible. Oh. And so it's, yeah, it's to see the the whole process and how much we've grown in the form of product, but also just like in the, you know, form of like recognition, like marketing and like what we're doing as a brand. It's really, really cool. Yeah. So you've been there, been there for a little while now, and I feel like maybe you can provide an interesting lens through which we can explore kind of the growth of trail specifically. What's the commitment like towards the trail category within on and how has that maybe evolved over your time with the brand? Yeah. And so as, as like, uh, as I feel like, as you could imagine too, like usually like the, the trail trail scene of the trail market and like trail shoes, it's very, it's a, usually a very small percentage of like market share of like what people are actually like selling and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. unfortunately for like, that's where we're like rooted and like where like a lot of the like hearts are, especially with the founders too, just being from Switzerland and enjoying trail running in the outdoors and all that. Um, so it's like kind of like deep, deep passion and deep in their heart, but also just, I feel like as we've been starting up more or less, uh, we've been mainly focused in kind of like, of course, like, I guess like our main cells. And that's like, I feel like through the lens of like performance running and kind of like this like lifestyle department. So I feel like uh, trail running has always been, been there and it's been in like the root of passion, but it's kind of also been, I feel like a little bit on the back burner and in, in the form of like putting resources to it. And now I feel like uh, it's starting to to really kind of like grow. And for example, like as I got my position, which started it, uh, in January of this year, uh, we're continuing to grow that market. And now that we have more resources and more time to put into this, we're really, really excited to, you know, kind of like dive like fully into this as a brand and really, really, uh, you know, put resources towards it. Yeah. So tell us about the position that you occupy now, because it sounds like it's a pretty amazing role to land in. And, uh, and from what I've heard, it's been amazing. You know, I'll let you tell the story and then we'll, we'll go into it, but yeah, what's, what's your role now and what impact do you have on the brand? Yeah, man. So I am, uh, technically I am like the, the head of our trail and ultra department for the sports marketing, uh, side of things. So really, really cool. So, um, that kind of like that facet is like, you know, I'm like, uh, working like hand in hand with like the trail and ultra athletes. Um, and also, yeah, the marketing team to kind of like, you know, continue to build and, uh, really highlight this like lens of, of sport and, you know, get the, get the brand on the map. So I think it's going to be really, really exciting. Yeah. I mean, from what I've heard just through some athletes and people that have interacted with you through the process, uh, you've been doing a great job. And I think, again, it goes back to this idea of, you know, being a pro athlete, but also contributing in new and different ways and knowing what the experience is like to be a pro athlete and then using that experience to engage with the pro athletes that are on the team, I think makes you more relatable, probably makes you more empathetic to the experience of the athletes. I'm curious how you sort of manage the two things because obviously you're still a high level athlete yourself. Has the brand been supportive of you continuing to pursue your own athletic goals while managing the team and the personalities of the other athletes? Yeah, man, I feel like the, the whole time that uh, I've really been it on, they've been very, very supportive and uh, kind of like all the different avenues that I've, I've expressed expressed myself in. So that's been really, really cool and kind of like continuing into to what I'm doing now it's yeah, I feel like a hand over fist that they've been very, very supportive. And I think even when I first started and it was, was kind of like doing both and uh, both jobs, I definitely made it uh, a point to be like, Hey, cause I, I feel like in any organization, someone's going to be like, Hey, like, you know, at the end of the day, we did hire you to like do this job. Uh, and of course I don't want to ever be like doing a poor job. Yeah. Uh, but I always like, I feel like make it a point. I feel like it's uh, again, a, a, something that I, I hold close to my chest and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to like, go above and beyond and make sure like this job is like handled that I'm like doing it. And then I'm also able to, to handle my training, but for the most part, everybody's like, you know, just, I feel like very, very supportive of me as, as an athlete and as an employee. 
Um, so, I mean, I'm super, super grateful for such a, you know, a really dope team and uh, a really cool company that uh, that's backing me in, in everything. Awesome. So you, you don't feel like you have to sacrifice one or the other, like in periods of high training, you can still do your job effectively. And in periods of high stress on the work front, you're still able to get your training in and uh, you're able to balance everything. Yeah, man. Every now and then, of course, like uh, I feel like it is a, it is sort of a balancing act trying to, trying to, trying to do both and uh, trying to navigate like different times in my schedule. So I kind of like have definitely like learned to do that. But I think since when I worked in that, going back, I guess, uh, when I worked in the cinematography field, basically I was like working like 18 to 20 hour days a lot of the time. So I was like barely sleeping in the, in the first place. Um, so I feel like having that mindset and I was able to train, not really effectively, but I was able to train for like 30, 25 to 30 minutes a day. So I was just basically running really hard. Yeah. Just go, go uh, all out. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I feel like that gave me like a new appreciation for like basically like time and kind of like what I was doing and kind of like almost like led into like some of the stuff now and kind of like brings me back to what I think of is like, um, sometimes even if I'm working like a long event or doing something like uh, more intensive, like at on and my schedule gets way more busy. I just like, I, I hit the end of the day and maybe it's like, I have to go off for like another run or workout. I still kind of like flashback and think about that. I'm like, you know what? I still have more time than when I was doing back then. Uh, and I probably feel a little bit more healthier and better too. Like I, I can like go out and get the door. So I feel like it's kind of given me like a better perspective working all those hours like before. Yeah. Uh, but it is definitely like a, kind of like you said, like a balancing act uh, yeah. in it all, just because you don't want to feel like, you know, banged up, especially like running so many miles. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a lot on the body. I'm interested in this cinematography thing that you've mentioned a couple of times. And you also said that you got some random job taking pictures at the finish line of a marathon or something like that. And now kind of, again, observing what your career has sort of been like and the impact that you've had on running in different ways over the course of the last several years, it's clear that you are like a really creative person. I'm curious about the your history with creativity, like how'd you get into the cinematography game? Was this something that you studied in college or have you always been naturally creative and artistic in some ways? Uh, I mean, yeah, man, I'll take, I'll definitely take, take the compliment uh, <laughs> that, uh, that I'm like creative and artistic in some ways, but yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, I was super lucky just on the fly. Um, when I got that job to shoot the Boston marathon, basically it was a, it was a girl that I knew in high school uh, hit me up and was like, Hey, I saw that you're like taking like cool photos, like on Instagram, like we're in like dire need of a, of a photographer. Uh, she's like, if you could talk a little bit about this camera and she shot me the link to it. She's like, if you can like study this for like the next couple hours and then get on the phone and talk to, talk to somebody, you'll probably get the job. And I was like, deal. Um, <laughs> and so that's kind of like what happened and led me into that. And when I was like doing a bunch of like odd jobs, I was still kind of like, you know, like starting to dabble in like photography and do different things. Um, and just again, like super, I don't know, like, I feel like it's like Forrest, Forrest Gump, like life story kind of vibe. Like uh, I randomly, luckily, like just kind of like floated into it. But my girlfriend's father is a, a really big like dude in the, the cinematography mm. field. And when I was kind of bouncing around to different jobs, he like hit me up uh, one random time. I was like, hey. He's like, dude, he's like, you're just like always like hammering at home. He's like, I feel like you're like just like a really hard worker. He's like, would you be interested in coming to, to do some of this stuff? And I was like, I was like, sign me up. So yeah. I was actually living in Miami at the time, kind of like pulled back up and uh, I was up here on like a seventh month job on this uh, TV series called Castle Rock and uh, did that for a little while. And then was kind of like in the in the realm, met a bunch of people for a few years, kind of just like rattling off some movies and TV shows. That's hilarious, man. And it's such a great illustration of how important it is to just like have good relationships and network and you never know what kind of opportunities will land in your lap. The Free Trail Podcast is brought to you by Gnarly Nutrition. You guys have heard me talk about the Fuel 2.0 drink mix, which is my primary fuel source for long runs, workouts, and races. You've heard me talk about the BCAA drink mix, which I love and use every day. Well, today I want to tell you about the Gnarly Performance Greens. Gnarly Performance Greens is a powerhouse drink mix that packs a punch with vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that's easy to add to a glass of water or to your recovery smoothie. Gnarly co-founder Shannon O'Grady refers to it as 
a whole foods based multivitamin and that's exactly how I've been using it. A serving a day to keep my body feeling healthy, energized and topped off with all the little nutrients that maybe I'm losing in training or not consuming adequately in my daily diet. The performance greens are my favorite thing to travel with, especially internationally. It's my way of staying on top of my immune system basically seven days a week and at a much more approachable price point than competitive products in the market. Check it out for yourself. Go visit gonarly.com. Use code FREETRAIL15. Gonarly.com, FREETRAIL15 for 15% off your order. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Inside Tracker. I've told you guys just how easy and frictionless it was to go get my Inside Tracker blood test, and now the results are in. And I've spoken to an Inside Tracker registered dietitian. Shout out Molly Knudsen. And I am back to share the learnings with you. First, I learned that my white blood cell count is quite low, not alarmingly so, but enough for me to pay attention and do what I can to remedy the situation as I understand it. White blood cells are the body's first line of defense against infection. So a low count could indicate that my immune system is not as robust as I would like it to be, which is not ideal as I ramp up training and start to think about traveling to races again. I want my immune system to be as fortified as possible. So here are the steps I'm taking. Number one, taking the gnarly performance greens, <laughs> but also doing everything I can to increase my vitamin C intake. Harmony has been making me fresh squeezed citrus juices every day. I've been having more vitamin A, things like carrots and kale, vitamin E from almonds and hazelnuts, and a little mineral called selenium that I'm not sure I ever heard of before, most commonly found in Brazil nuts. These things are all powerful antioxidants that can help fortify my immune system and hopefully bump up my white blood cell count over time. I'll share more about my personal findings in the weeks ahead, but you should go check, check in on yourself too. Get 20% off an Inside Tracker blood test by going to insidetracker.com forward slash free trail. Insidetracker.com forward slash free trail. Back to the show. So on this subject of creativity and stuff, you have another side hustle that seems like it was launched recently, that being Forest, another cool brand that you're working on. Tyler Green actually sent me the link to the Instagram, I don't know, probably two or three months ago now. I was like, wow, this is another cool thing that Kilgore's got his hands in. So what's Forest and how did it come to be? I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Like, uh, we, so me and my buddy, Brendan actually, actually started it up and it was kind of, uh, yeah, born out of like creativity more or less. Cause it is kind of like based, uh, based around running. We have one other, uh, one other person that kind of like founded the brand with us. Her name's Alexandra. So super duper dope, like little, little team. But basically, uh, when Brendan and I were first like kind of like discussing this all, it was, we wanted to be a creative company and that's what it is. A creative company loosely based around running. Um, so the company is of course, like still, or the brand is still like kind of like building up. Uh, but basically what we're trying to do is create, like, I feel like very just like unique and like fun products and kind of, uh, interesting, like ideas and events that like come to come to mind. Uh, but storytell around it. Uh, for example, it's like, oh, one of our first products that we did was uh, we did a collaboration with Hudson Valley, which is a brewery uh, in New York City. And basically we did like a little bit of storytelling like around uh, like, you know, like beer and like the history of like running. Um, so it was like kind of cool. Like in the seventies, like people like, you know, used it so much for like carbohydrate, like replenishment and all the above. And, uh, but we, we made this beer with them and we had like infused electrolytes and also like a, a hint of orange and like citrus. Cause we were both from Florida. Uh, so we have like little accents of like our own little touch, uh, and just like, you know, kind of like doing these like little creative projects to kind of, you know, highlight different stories in the running world, but make just like, I feel like more obscure products and nothing yeah. to, you know, I feel like just like shirts and stuff. We we are making some of those, but it's kind of like, I feel like also like incorporating these more obscure things. Yeah. Sounds delicious, man. So the, uh, the creativity of it, I'm curious about like, is this your first experience with entrepreneurship and like, what's the, what's the vision for it? Are you guys trying to turn this into like a real business for yourselves? 
I think potentially down the road, uh, we are kind of like looking to, to continue to, to grow and, um, kind of like see where it, see where it nets out. But for, for the time being, it's just, you know, it's kind of like a creative, creative outlet for, for the both of us or, or for the three of us now to, to really just kind of like put our heads into and, um, you know, kind of, you know, just keep continue to put like creative, like fun things like out there on the map and hopefully tell some really rad stories, um, along the way. So how do the three of you guys fit together? Like, what did the three of you bring to the table on this team? I mean, obviously you're a great runner with a, with a reach, but tell us about your other sort of co-founders and what they bring to the table. Cause I mean, you work all like in the industry, obviously, but you know, creating these products probably requires a different skill set that maybe your other partners provide. Yeah, I think it's uh it's definitely been a really cool, you know, like mesh mesh of people. Um, whereas Alexandra, I feel like she's like really uh I feel like Brendan and I are definitely more of like, I feel like uh, like kind of I, I don't know, she definitely has a creative input to to it all, but I feel like we're kind of like the creators and like doing some stuff like off the cuff. And I feel like I'm definitely more of a I definitely plan a little bit, but I'm uh, I'm definitely more of like go out there, kind of do it guy. Like when the idea comes comes to mind, yeah. kind of thing. And I feel like Brendan's sort of like in the in the same line as well. So Alexandra, I feel like is like really like holds us down, but she does like the majority of like the operations, kind of like behind the scene too. So like mm. she's helping us like you know like dial stuff down, like in ordering processes and uh, like packaging and uh, like website and stuff like that. And we're helping out with like design and all that stuff and like events and yada yada yada. And then on kind of Brendan's side, he has a, a strong suit in um, like digital like creation. So he's uh, his like full time gig. Uh, he just got a job, I guess, at Gap as well. But for a while, he was a freelance photographer and videographer. Um, so a lot of like those pieces, which I feel usually cost like brands quite a bit of money to, to invest in, um, like, you know, we can just like, kind of like create them anytime on the fly. Wow. So that's really rad too. Um, so I feel like it's just, it's been really cool and it's a very like interesting, like dynamic of people that have come together to do it, you know? Yeah. So for now you've got sort of tees and hoodies and jacket, I think. And it seems like the reception, the initial reception has been really positive. And I know you're out of some inventory. What is the vision? I mean, what other products do you want to bring to market and what other ways do you want to kind of influence the running community? Yeah, man. So we have a, basically a lot of the stuff that we have coming out this summer are, are some of those like more like, I feel like obscure products that I was, uh, that I was talking about. But really, it's uh, I think the coolest part around it all is like, like I was saying, I think it's like the storytelling aspect of everything, and then kind of also like bringing everybody together. For example, again with with the beer, uh, we had like a launch event at one of our like it's kind of like the hub of New York City. Like I feel like the bar of like New York City running. It's called As Is. It's on Fiftieth and Tenth. Super super rad bar, and um, we had a really cool event there. We brought like you know a couple hundred people together. Uh, we did this event that I, that I put together. Um, and basically it was an out and back course. So they had 30 minutes to go as far as they could from the bar down the West side highway and make it back. So whoever made it the furthest and got back in time, uh, and chug a beer within 30 minutes, one of the, the, it was called out and back. That was the name of the beer. So the course was an out and back. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> this is brilliant. What a great example of your creative mind. And uh, so they had a slam of beer at the end and all within 30 minutes. And if they didn't do it within 30 minutes, they got like DQ'd. So it was like a, it was like a really fun, like game, you know, with people playing. Cause even some of the fast guys, if they went out too far and they didn't make it back in time, it's like somebody who was like maybe in like fourth or fifth place could like win the race if they like gauge the gauge the time. Right. So it was pretty, pretty rad. It was a really cool event, but different stuff like that, man, you know, it's just like, you know, storytelling behind it, uh, the actual product, and then actually like kind of like bringing people together in these different communities, like around, it's kind of the main goal. And I think it's like really, really cool to, you know, make people excited about running in different ways. That's brilliant. It reminds me of one time I was in Bend, Oregon, and there was a local bike race going on. And of course, Bend's the type of community that the local bike races attract a bunch of professionals. And I remember in the women's race, the way the competition was set up was the, the clock didn't stop until you had chugged a beer at the finish line. And the top two women came through the finish line nearly together. And it came down to the beer chug to determine who was the overall winner. 
those are the types of events that are super fun. So good. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, you've talked about events a little bit and I know you've got your hands in this realm as well. So to recap, you know, you're a pro athlete, you sort of have your own brand with Forest. you work for On and sort of have a high level job there steering their trail category. And you also sort of are in the events game. So tell us a little bit about what your experience has been like with uh, the event side of the sport. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like I've uh, kind of, I guess, what really brought brought more of that to life was, uh, I guess, a couple of things. So when I was doing more like sales and tech, I was doing like a lot of events on the fly with on. Uh, so I feel like that kind of really like started, uh, you know, just kind of like the creative juices flowing in that, that aspect, kind of like doing stuff different and also like the brand being smaller. So I was just trying to do more nimble things to, to be more combative, like against like other brands, like trying to compete, you know, to like get an edge, like in the city. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then kind of like when 2020 happened, um, as well, I started to do, I feel like more, I guess, like, like running stunts and kind of like events, um, and kind of like, you know, uh, realize, I guess, like this power of like, you know, like running and people like taking an initiative and people wanting to kind of like be a part of like these events and like these like long endurance like feats. So I think another part of it too, that I got really excited about and started like designing, I guess, like creative avenues around was, uh, like around fundraising and stuff too. Cause I was like, wow, this is like super, super rad. Um, just like the impact that like you can have like through one of these events or through like a really long run. I feel like it's like, you know, like, uh, kill, kill two birds, with one stone, feed two birds, with one scone kind of vibe. Uh, and so, um, that's kind of like re- really, I feel like continues to like, like spark a lot of these ideas and, uh, led into like a lot of the events and like, I guess, like consulting work that I started to do like, um, over the last like year or so. And that one of the, that being, uh, we started like a beach race last year, which was really rad. It was kind of like a big beach party for, for New York city. And I feel like it's another different kind of like Avenue. People don't really like think of like New York, like you're saying, like to, to have like many trails or outdoor spaces, or even like uh, a beach close by. Um, and it, I mean, it does have like, you know, kind of like all those things and it just like finding the right avenues and the right timing to, to hit it off to like let people enjoy with like a nice weather. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of like, yeah, it take, takes time. Um, so I did that and then, uh, aligned something with the, the empire state building as well last year and kind of like brought all these different people together for for a run-up uh and we also raised a ton of money for for a charity in the bronx which is super super rad as well um and yeah i feel like just like all these experiences kind of like led to to my again my true passion which is like being on the trail being in the outdoors and uh uh now kind of like setting up some different races that are that are coming up this year and uh it's one of something that excites me the most. And I feel like, like most trail runners, you just get super hyped up. You're like, I really want to show people this, this trail. I want to bring people out to it. They're just going to like, love it so much. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really dope to kind of start diving into this Avenue and uh, sharing some of these cool trails with the, the rest of the world. Yeah. You talked about the running stunts that sort of took place during the pandemic. Give an example. Cause it wasn't the, the like five borough run that you did. Would that be part of what you would characterize as a running stunt? Yeah, man, I would say that. And, um, what was the other one? I did a hundred mile in, in Florida. Um, uh, and basically both of those, I, uh, so the one in Florida was the the initial one that I did. And, uh, it was kind of just like, I was like on the fly, like kind of like thinking of like something to do, I was going to race that year. And I had never done a hundred mile before. And that was kind of my main thing that I was building up to. And I was like, well, you know, this sucks. <laughs> like everything's canceled, uh, kind of vibe. And, so I basically planned out a route, uh, through my hometown and it hit all of the trails and like paths that I hit, like, uh, growing up, uh, without kind of like going in circles or anything. And, uh, it was like almost like, exactly a hundred miles. I was like, so this is like perfect. This is cool. Wow. Uh, I had my buddy who actually works with me at Forest now, Brendan, uh, he, he was out there too. We, we grew up in the same hometown. Uh, and he, he was like, oh, I'll come out and like shoot a bunch of photos uh, for it. And then I kept like thinking about it. Um, and at the time I think it was like Instagram, like live or where you could like jump into people's screens or whatever, like chat uh-huh. it was like kind of new during that time. Okay. Um, so I was like, this could be a cool Avenue too. Everyone's like locked inside, uh, whether they're like doing some kind of like workout or like want to go for a run with me, wherever they're at in the world, like, uh, kind of in like solidarity, maybe I can link this all up and basically, uh, did all this. I, I worked with like run specialty retailers at the time as well. So everybody was like struggling. So my main thought was like, Oh, I'll raise a bunch of money for them. 
which we did. We raised, I think, close to $25,000. Wow. Uh, so it was really dope, man. Uh, and we got to like, you know, talk to, I basically talked to people like on my phone for like a hundred miles uh, through the whole process of people around the world, you know, just kind of like joining in and be like, Hey, I'm like doing like my ab routine right now, or I'm like going for a run and like for two miles in like Oregon or yada, yada, yada. So it was like really cool. And it kind of brought it like a lot of people together. So it was really fun, raised a bunch of money. And then basically I just like bought a bunch of on shoes from our accounts, um, gave them all the money. And then, uh, I donated all the shoes to like a uh, frontline hospital workers. So it was, it was really dope. What man. a brilliant cool. idea, man. That's so cool. <laughs> I had no idea about that. And, and again, it's a illustration of the creative brain that you have. That's always sort of focused on running, but how you can make a difference and how you can do cool things that are fun to storytell around. So you emailed me a couple of months ago about the new Hudson 50, yeah. I want to give you the stage to uh, pump this new race up that's happening in October. 100%. So if you haven't heard about it, the <laughs> Hudson 50, come through. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's uh, again, kind of like in that same vein. It's, uh, it's really, really cool. Uh, basically, it's uh, right over the George Washington Bridge. Uh, it's actually, it's technically in New Jersey, but it's a beautiful view of, uh, of New York City. And it's a, it's a two lap course. Um, and you kind of like run, it's on the, the Palisades. So you run along these like beautiful cliffs on this like single track trail, uh, up top. There's a decent amount of vert. I think, uh, each lap there's like not a crazy amount, uh, especially for 50, but it's about like 2000, I think per or 2,500 per lap feet of gain. And, uh, but basically you run along these like beautiful cliffs for like the first, like 12 and a half, like 13 miles. And then you bomb down like super hard on this like really technical section, uh, down to like the, the Hudson river, um, which basically it's the, the river that splits Jersey and, uh, New York. And then you kind of like run on a bridle path. that's like super, super runnable, super fast up top is pretty runnable too, but it's a little bit more like trail esque and then down low is a little bit more just like hard packed dirt bridle. like can really open up. So it's soft so surface it's kind of, the whole way. So soft surface, like the whole way, like wow. you basically have to cross like maybe like one or two like streets, but there's like no traffic on there. Mm -hmm. So, uh, or like there's no, so it's cars. like a proper urban trail race. So dude, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty, pretty sick. Um, and yeah, so two loops, uh, I got great prize money, 2000 first thousand for second, 500 for third. Uh, we're trying to bring out, you know, just like different level, you know, trail runners. It definitely invite everybody that we can. Uh, and it, yeah, it should be a good day out. And all the, a lot of the proceeds are going back to, uh, the river keeper, which is basically like the, the entity that kind of like cleans up the Hudson and keeps it, keep it moving. So super cool. So cool, man. So, I mean, the East coast really needs this type of event. Talk about maybe like what the East coast, you know, especially trail running pride. And I mean, what you're trying to create with the event, like, yeah, do you want to turn this into kind of a destination East coast ultra? Is that the, is that the vision? That is the vision a hundred percent. Um, and that's kind of like, uh, so I'm, I'm working, uh, pretty closely with a, a group of people, uh, with trials and miles that, that and see, they put on a lot, of, a lot of different races. Uh, so it's, uh, Dave they're, Alfano. They're kind of like the, uh, unsanctioned race company, right? Cause I feel like yeah. I went to one of their events. It was like a crossing of the golden gate bridge, like an out and back on the golden gate bridge in San Francisco. I think that was one of theirs. Wasn't it? hundred percent, man. Yeah. yeah. So they've been doing a lot of that recently, which has been like really, really cool and exciting. A lot of different like communities exploded that. during COVID too. It was like a great outlet for people during the pandemic. Yeah. Completely like, yeah. Blew up during, during the pandemic. It was, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, they put on some like high caliber track meets, which is really, really bad. Um, both Cooper and Dave, uh, kind of like a bit of a, you know, a track track history track background themselves. So that's kind of like their bread and butter. And then, um, kind of more recently, ever since like I, I've linked with them a little bit and Cooper's like super into the trails as well. Um, they've been doing more like this, like FKT, like formatted stuff, which is like really, really cool. And it's fun kind of like what you were saying, like cross the golden gate bridge. They had one like climbing, like the Hollywood sign, um, stuff along those lines. Um, so it's a lot of fun, but um, kind of like all of us being around like the New York city area, we, you know, you know, it's kind of like, we take a little bit of pride of it to ourselves, uh, ourselves to it is 
I don't know, like there's, there's tons of great like trail runs. There's tons of great, um, like nature and like beauty, like around New York city. And we want to bring people to, you know, check out the area and check out the trails and kind of like show them what we have to offer. And I think it's like really rad, really, really rad too, that, you know, like how many trail and ultra runners are typically coming to New York city? Probably like never, to be honest. Right. Uh, so I feel like it's like a cool, you know, like Avenue too, to be like, Hey, you know, you probably don't ever get to come to like New York city. New York city is fun for, for everybody. Like come out, do this run. Hopefully it becomes like a really competitive race that we continue to like, like blow up and bring some like really high caliber, high, high caliber talent to. So, um, I think it could be, you know, just like a rad event and you know, it's for a good cause too. So it's always a good thing. Yeah. I think you should reach out to a lot of Europeans because, you know, it's obviously like a destination city that I think a lot of people would want to visit, but also, you know, just by virtue of proximity and all the airports that you guys have in the city, I bet you could pull a few Europeans, especially with some prize money on the line. They can make a vacation out of it. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. I mean, that, yeah, it's not that's not a bad idea at all. Yeah. I definitely have to write that down. Yeah, I think it's a uh, yeah brilliant move because I ran the TNF Bear Mountain race upstate a bunch of years ago and had a blast and really connected with sort of the New York City Ultra Trail crew at that time. We did sort of a training run in Central Park before the race, which was super fun. Like a hundred people out, and there was such a great vibe around it. And then the race itself was an hour and a half away or something, but it seems like your race is kind of in the heart of the city or close to it across the river from Manhattan. Right. Yeah, man. So if you're in, uh, in Harlem, basically near the armory, which is where the indoor track is, it's right across, it's like two miles across the bridge. So it's going to be super, super accessible. And that's another cool thing. Uh, since Bear Mountain has, uh, went away, um, or like the, the race, the North face was putting yep. on kind of like got squashed or whatever. Uh, we, you know, it's pretty cool, cool too, that we, well, that's what we're hoping is to, the New York city, like run community, whether it's like road runners, trail runners, um, all of the above that, that live in New York city, that was the trail race because it was so accessible and so close to the city. It was a great race. It was such a good race. Going to. Yeah. It was like, so cool. Like that was like the only time that like, I really feel like the New York city scene like rally behind like trail and i was like this is we need to like keep this going and need to recreate this and um in a sense of like just like bringing trail to like new york city um just because you know people just had so much fun doing it and it was uh, a really really cool thing to do it was a nasty course too that uh Bear uh, mountain dude, course yeah. just hyper so technical. technical yeah technical yeah, yeah I, i've always been surprised that nobody sort of picked up the baton when tnf folded that event and i mean i think your idea is much better to have it closer to the city, have it so that people can go run their 50 milers and then, then go to their swank downtown hotel and have dinner or whatever and make a vacation out of it. It makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I mean, New York, I think is underappreciated in terms of its outdoor access and recreation possibilities that upstate area. My old boss lives in New Paltz and there's so many great, you know, trails up there it's world renowned for its rock climbing and stuff too so east coast doesn't get enough love you guys wear that uh you know a little bit right you have this point of pride and i feel like the beast coast always feels like it doesn't get enough credit in the trail ultra scene do you do you sort of carry that vibe with you too it 100 like every now and then you know you always want the you want the east coast to, to get a little bit more love um uh, but i i totally get it you know you you hit some of those like western western races and like, I feel like I land, I touch down sometimes on a plane. I'm just like, like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Like looking at the mountains, I'm like, Holy cow, this is just like un unbelievable, unreal. But yeah, like just, uh, you know, like I'm an East coast guy, like uh born and bred. So yeah, definitely, definitely to my heart that I, yeah. uh, I definitely want to keep like boosting it up. And, you know, there's like so many cool and rad trails that are out here and definitely like, really challenging trails too. So I think there's, there's definitely something to be said. And, uh, and yeah, like you said too, the technicality of some of this stuff too, I feel like it adds just like a cool new element to, to racing too. Have you ever done the Manitou's revenge race? It's in the Catskills, I think, isn't it? Dude, yeah, I have done that. It's super, super gnarly. <laughs> That's like Barkley level gnarliness. <laughs> super, super gnarly. I did one. Uh, it was the the Catskills Trail Marathon, and it's kind of like runs along similar path to, to Manitou's. Um, dude, yeah, and I got my freaking head like ripped open. I had like 18, oh, is that like, the one the photo that you've posted on Instagram where your head yeah, is like, covered so in blood? Funny. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Crazy. Yeah, that speaks for itself. I mean. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you're onto something, man. And I think the East Coast demands and deserves a great ultra race and the Hudson River 50 is has a great opportunity, I think, to sort of capitalize on that vacancy in the market. And I think you've always identified opportunities in the sport and been able to execute against them. So maybe let's close by talking about things that you have coming up this year, athletically, professionally, outside of the race that we just talked about. What are your athletic goals? Have you, have you recovered from the speed project yet? What are you training for? And maybe what do you have guys have going on with on from an events perspective or whatever? Yeah, man. Um, actually I'm going to plug one more thing. Uh, if you are in the New York city area, uh, this week, uh, we are putting on a trail run, a preview of the Hudson Valley uh, 50, which you can sign up for. Um, it's, it's free to sign up. Uh, we'll have like dope baked goods from a local bakery there. And we're going to do uh so we're going to do a run and then we're going to do a little cleanup afterwards, uh, with the Hudson, uh, with the Hudson river keeper. So it'll be a cool, cool little day out there. Um, but as far as, uh, plans and stuff for, for this year, um, yeah, man, got uh, quite a bit on the docket. Starting to recover uh, quite a bit too from from speed projects. So I'm I'm dabbling in some miles again, which is which is good. My my ankles are I can see my ankles again, which is always a great <laughs> the, thing. The haglins have settled down a little bit. Yeah. Settled down a little bit, you know. Uh, and and yeah, so like looking to do some of the Golden Trail Series races um, and uh, throughout throughout the summer, I'll be like traveling around to a few different like key races. Uh, you know, like supporting some of our athletes that are, that are racing, uh, around the world, which would be fun. And just, you know, jumping on the trail a little bit with them, getting some more insight, uh, building some new product, which is super cool and exciting, but I got to keep it. Keep Tell it us wrap. about it. Tell <laughs> us about it. Is it footwear? It must be footwear. Some new tra- trail footwear, I hope. Yeah. A little, a little bit of everything, man. So it's going to be, it's going to be cool. Um, and so working closely with them on that and just, yeah, you know, continue to, to build out, uh, some of the team we really want to, you know, on to be a globalized like trail team. So, you know, continue to find some like key athletes in in different markets that are kind of like, you know, checking the boxes that we're looking for. And, uh, it's kind of like what we're talking a little bit about. It's like, I feel like uh, we're definitely looking for athletes that are, uh, kind of like hitting a lot of different like vantage points so like that are like very like community like stewards of uh, of their areas um of course like performing at a high level and um and also maybe have like some kind of twist twist up their sleeve yeah we'll talk about that i mean i think this is a really great area to explore you know we sort of mentioned how you sort of carved your unique path not only as a high level athlete but having this unique impact on your community, doing a lot of charity work, events, products, things like that. So when you're managing a trail team and going out to scout athletes, like what do you look for, for people who you feel like, you know, could align with a brand and deliver value? Like, is there a certain personality trait that you look for? Or is it just more of like a a gut feeling or what is it? I feel like a lot of stuff is definitely like led, uh, initially by, by performance, unless they're like already like very, I guess, like, like outspoken or like, uh, yeah. like kind of like on like social or anything like that with like things that they're, that they're doing. So I feel like, uh, it's usually like performance, like led for the initial like conversation. Uh, and then kind of like once, like, like, you know, like kind of like discussing like with the athlete, uh, I, I feel like I, I was before this role as well. I was kind of like more in a, a community like manager role as well, like in New York city. And I feel like I like went through like a lot of different like people, like in kind of like relationships and stuff like that. So I feel like I was able to like gauge more and more, like as like the time went on of like, like certain types of people that uh, I feel like, like we're fitting right into certain things we're doing. And of course, you know, it's all like, I guess, like sort of like a opinion or a judgment. So I'm, I'm definitely not always right. <laughs> believe me. Uh, but um, those are certain things that I'm like looking for, like in athletes as well, where it's, um, I've, I've, I guess like invested like money, for example, in like community, like, uh, involvement initiatives where I can be like, oh, I'm like, oh, Hey, like, what do you think about this? And like, I feel like I was kind of like always like leading the conversation. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the people that I really found that have, uh, I've done most success with is like people I've like, I've named something. I'm like, Hey, like, dude, like we're thinking about like doing some polar partnership with like seltzer water. And they're like, Oh my God, like, let me tell you about this. Like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. So people that I feel like are really kind of like driving the conversation or even have this like kind of touch, touch of like something different that they're looking for. They're like, Oh, actually I used to like make candles back in the day. And I feel like 
you know, like that we'll, we'll be able to like link this together. And I feel like this is going to go into this Avenue. So I feel like it's just kind of like, you know, building off people's like unique strengths from like uh, different avenues of their, their own lives that they're really like passionate about and really strongly engaged with um, that. I'm kind of like also like looking for on top of performance for, for the most part. Um, And I I think that goes for the brand as well. Cause I think a lot of these people as well, again, um, if they have like, I feel like personalities like that as well. They're, they're most of the time like linked really closely with their, their community and like localized like things that they're doing. No doubt. Well, David, man, it's been awesome to, to catch up and chat with you. Like I said, I've just been an admirer from afar of everything you're doing. And uh, yeah, I would love to collaborate with you in some way in the future, you know, on an event or on, you know, some products or just some storytelling and media. I think what you're doing is awesome. So Good luck with everything you got your hands full with, you know, being an athlete, working for the brands, selling your own products, doing all these events. I'm sure it's tough to manage sometimes, but it looks like a lot of fun from afar. So thanks for coming on the show. Anytime, man. It's a, it's a blast. It's a, yeah. And every, everything you gotta live, live and love in life, man, you know, just keep it, <laughs> keeping it going and loving every second of it. So yeah, I love and staying busy, but thanks so much for having me on. And it's uh, definitely a pleasure to, you know, finally have a, have a combo with you, my man. Thanks bro. What a guy. Thanks so much to David. His energy and enthusiasm is infectious. You can tell why people are so drawn to this guy and why he's been able to build such a great career for himself in the industry. There are a bunch of links in the show notes. First, go follow David on Instagram if you don't already. I put a link to his profile. Smash that follow button. I also linked to Forest, David's new brand we spoke about in the show. Check out their website. Also go follow them on Instagram and definitely check out the new Hudson River 50. David's new race just outside New York City coming up in October, which we spoke about in the show. And finally, I also link to where you can get more info about the Wings for Life World Run and where you can listen to an interview that I did with the Why I Run podcast. Get involved, use the gift of running to make a difference in the world and a difference especially in the world of spinal cord injury research. Thanks as always to our sponsors, Speedland, best shoes in the world, runspeedland.com. Pick up a pair of the SLHSV, beautiful new black trail shoes, gnarly nutrition, go gnarly.com. Use code freetrail15 for 15% off your order. Get some of that Fuel 2.0 drink mix. I promise once you try that stuff, you will never go back. It's the best ultra fueling out there. Finally, Inside Tracker. Go get yourself a blood test. InsideTracker.com forward slash free trail will get you 20% off your order. I learned so much from my test and I'm feeling better already as a result of taking actions against some of the things that I've learned. Thanks also to every one of you. Thank you for always being here, listening to the show. If you don't mind, I very rarely ask, but please go leave us a rating and review. It makes a difference for the show. It makes me feel all warm and fuzzy and uh, haven't said that for a while. So please, if you can spare 20, 30 seconds, go leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. I think that's it for this one. Uh, big hugs to all of you. Love you all very much. Talk soon. Bye-bye.